Hey everybody, this is Jacob K. Mead, and this is the Buy Time Podcast, where we discuss everything there is to know about buying back your time. Be sure to like and follow and share with somebody who needs to buy back their time. Enjoy today's Welcome episode. Welcome to another episode of the Buy Time Podcast. I'm excited for this today's episode because I have Doug Eklund, uh, CEO of Cellular Vantage. I think they have 33 locations now, and they're a dealer for U.S. Cellular. Um, Doug, why don't we start with, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a small town Iowa guy. Um, you know, ended up in the big city of Des Moines. You know, thirty some years ago, and uh, you know, we've got two kids. Both uh, one's in grad school, one's in college, and uh, and then we've got Cellular Advantage, which started. Uh, we're in our thirtieth, thirty first year. We just had our thirtieth anniversary. Such an accomplishment. So uh, a couple kids when we we're you know twenty four years old, and and uh, my wife's name is Mitzi, and she worked for U.S. Cellular directly out of college. She got the opportunity to take over one of their stores, and uh, so I told my boss I was taking a leave of absence, <laughs> and uh, we started it. We moved out of a one-bedroom apartment into a two-bedroom apartment so we could have an office, and uh, we started a business, and you know somehow it's still still kicking. It's so. still kicking today. Yeah. I mean, you've grown it. It's it's just amazing how you're able to grow it, um, and so quickly in 30 years. It may seem like a long time, but you know, in the aspect of things, it's, it's really short. And what are some of the struggles? So when you first got started, what are some of the struggles that you um, had? Well, I mean, in the beginning, it's probably like any startup. I mean, it's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow uh, oh. is a big part of it, uh, especially in our business. I mean, you, you'd buy a phone for back in the day. I mean, it's $150. You buy, yeah. buy a bag <laughs> phone or something and you'd give that phone to the customer for free. And then you would wait to get paid an activation commission. And, uh, the activation commissions would come in from 30 to 60 days from the date of activation, depending on when you know the activation happens. So when we were trying to get finance, we go to the bank and we told them the, what we're going to do. They, a lot of them kind of scratch their heads and they're just like, so you're going to give some, <laughs> you're going to buy something, give it away for free and wait to get paid for it. And we're like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And it took uh, it, it probably took five bankers before we could find one that was creative enough to see our. I understand our, uh, that struggle. To do. So, yeah, <laughs> I when I first started my business, I went to multiple bankers and had my business plan all lined out and neatly written out, and they yeah. told me, "No, we don't see it. We don't see it panning out." And right. it took so long for me to be able to figure out a way to get financing, and yeah. ended up starting with just credit cards uh, to we, get started. It's, we, yeah, we it's tough. Out, we ran out of money a few different times and went the credit card route. Yeah, you're across your fingers. How am I going to make payroll? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I sold a Jeep to make payroll back in 90, probably 95 or 90, probably 1995. Uh, we were going to be short and uh, we fire sailed my Jeep Cherokee Limited. Uh, Sacrifices and, uh, you make. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Mitzi's mom and dad were nice enough to let us use their Chrysler K car station wagon with wood paneling on the sides. <laughs> and it was. Uh, it was always a fight to see who could get out the door fastest so they didn't have to drive the Woody. We call it the Woody. It's part of, it's part of the company story now at this point. I love so, it. Yeah. It's a great company story, yeah. and, and I love hearing the background. So yeah, you built this out. You got started, and then you started to build out your team. So talk, talk to me a little bit about your teams and, and what, what makes it be your dream team. I mean, the team, I mean, for us, it's all uh, one thing we really learned, and I think we just kind of lucked into it maybe in the beginning, uh, but it ultimately, it's, it's really turned into, we're very intentional about it at this point, and that's the culture. And uh, so, you know, we grew, 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 um, it just about grew it right into the ground, and there was no there was no core values, there was no purpose statement, there was no real defining, you know, what, what does this company stand for? And... Um, 
I mean, we literally, we opened 19 stores in 12 months at one point. Wow, that's impressive. And just about ran it right into the ground. And as we were coming out of that, trying to get it put back together, that's when we really figured out that um, we've got to stand for something. And there's something that's that's bigger than just being in the phone business. And so, you know, we, we crafted a purpose statement, some core values, and those are things that that uh, really mean a lot to us. And that, that core leadership team, we're all in on that. And uh, every interview right down the front line, I mean, we talk about those things because we want to hire for culture, um, not so much for the skill level. I mean, we'll train for skills. Uh, but, but if we can get people that are that are looking for a place, it's going to be fun. It might be a little quirky, um, but it, <laughs> it's, full of, it's full of respect and love. And I mean, I, I think in the business world, love is something that's not really talked about. But I mean – we're supposed to love each other, and that's something that that we really try to do uh, internally. And uh, you know, when we hire somebody, we're like, "This is going to feel a little different, probably," and we hope it does. And um, but that's the that's the thing. And and when you get the culture right, it really um, it's a multiplier. And I think Pat Lencioni, he's a famous business speaker, author. Uh, he talked about culture being a multiplier. So if you have a talent level of seven in a store. But the culture in that store is really bad. It's maybe there's a toxic person in that store. It's not good. So the culture is maybe a three. Absolutely. So you got a seven times three is 21. You got another store where the talent level, maybe the talent level is only a five, but everybody gets along really well and they're they're bought into what we're trying to do. So the culture is an eight. So that store is a 40. The 40 is going to kick the crap out of the 21 all day long. And we And we Every. figured that out that... I'll take people that might not have the... They might not be the most talented, but we can train for that. But... But if they're if they understand that we want when that guest comes in the store that we want that guest to leave feeling you know if they walked in here when they leave we want them here you know so if we can make their day a little bit better um, I mean that's that's the win ultimately and I love that I love that you set those core values and that you our employees are meaning more to you than just people and warm bodies I feel like so many companies out there it's just I need a warm body and, and you have the mindset of no we want to actually have core values and we want to help them in, in every aspect of their life and whether that be personal or you know with the company and I, lo- I love that that's that's great yeah. to hear that, that your company does that I've actually had the privilege of talking to some of the, your old employees and they said the number one thing that they loved about your company was the culture and yeah. so I appreciate that. Yeah, that 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 means a lot that you shared that. But I think there was two cellular advantages, really. I mean, I've had it described that like the first ten years, it was almost what can this thing do yeah. for me? Um, I mean, we were. I mean, I'm, what can I I'm, get out of it? What can uh, I what get can out? My whole of it? team get out. Yeah, of Yeah, and it was you know we're we had this chance to grow, like I was talking about with the the big growth that year, and I had visions of we're going to make the Inc. 500. Uh, we were going to be part of the 500 fastest growing companies in America. I mean, we plotted it out. We're like, yep, we're going to hit that. We're going to hit that. We're going to hit that. We're going to have that honor. And, uh, you know, and then we about just took it right in the ground and it's just like, okay, there's, there's gotta be something more to it than that. And that's when, I mean, we really figured out that we have an opportunity to really help people, um, that are a part of our group, you know, just do life a little better. Maybe. I don't know. I love that. So So talk a little deeper on that. So how did you come to that senses? Was it something that you and your wife talked about and you said, Hey, we need to do something differently. Is it something that your whole entire team uh, came to you on? Or is it something that you realized what made you come to the realization that, Hey, I need to focus more on my, um, core values in my business, not just all around me. And what can I get out of it? Well, I mean, the core values were birthed out of that train wreck that we had. I mean, it was a, you know, you use the term dumpster fire, but I mean, it was, (laughs) we were out of compliance on probably three or four things at the bank. Uh, They could have called our debt in at any time. We owed a lot of money. Um, 
and uh, you know things weren't the best at home. I mean, I was never. We were trying to open all these stores. We're in Chicago yeah. or Nebraska, spending lots of time um, doing all. So of I was doing. Time. I was a. I was a terrible at home. Um, you know, as a father and as a husband. Um, you know, it was all about me. You know, and work. Blah blah blah. So when you get when you had that. When you when you really kind of were looking over the edge of the cliff, looking down the hill, as far as like that's where I could be falling off this cliff any day if the bank calls. Um, you know, for me, there was a faith component that was never in my world before. Um, you know, we just we literally had a neighbor that was like, "Hey, do you want to come to church?" And I'm like, "Like that's never really been a part of my world." And we we hopped into church one day, and it was literally like we were the only people there. It was kind of like the message was directed right at us. And I'm like, all right, there's gotta be, there's, you know, you got to recognize those moments. And, uh, for us, that was something when it was kind of a wake up call of, okay, what, let's try something different. And, uh, you know, so that's where the whole concept of, we're going to try to enrich the quality of life for each and every person we come into contact with, whether they work for us or whether they're a guest coming in the store. And, uh, you know, that's just that whole idea of, you know, love is a verb. You know, can we love? Oh, yeah. Can we love the people that come in? Can we love the people that are here? You know, and that's just something that it's really worked out for us. And and uh, you know, I love it. You yeah. really, you really built a good work culture, and um, you know, sharing that story it, it it means a lot. So you built this company up, and you got to the place where you have your core values, and you you went through all these challenges. And once you, when would you consider that you made it? Like, when did you sit down and say, like, hey, we're, we're doing well, we, we've made it? Yeah, I mean, we got out the other side of the debt and everything. And, you know, we've been, you know, you know we've been happy to be debt free for, <laughs> for quite a while. And What an uh, accomplishment, by the way. Not many companies a, can say that. Yeah, and that so. was something that, and, you know, and we, and we probably could have grown the business more had we wanted to entertain the idea of borrowing more money again to, to grow. But we, I think we got to the point where we were comfortable with what we were doing. And sometimes comfort is the enemy of, you know, doing something special. But, yep. you know, that's what at the... We're getting a little older, and so we're starting to think about things a little differently. But um, what was your? I'm, I'm blanking on the question right now. Uh, oh, you're good. So, um, what some obstacles now that you might have? Um, now you got to this place of comfort where you know you have the amount of stores that you want. Um, what are some obstacles that you're seeing, kind of in your everyday business aspect now? Well, obstacles. Um, I mean, staffing is always going to be a challenge. I feel like we've done a great job of. I mean, I think our turnover and re- retail turnover right now. I think if you look at it nationally, it's close to a hundred percent a year. I mean, that's yeah. where it's just, you've kind of got that bottom group that just, they come in, they, maybe it's not for them and they leave. And it's so like that, a circulation. Just kind of that it's circular. just circulating. Yeah. Middle third stays a little bit longer. The top third are there longer. I mean, we were at uh, 2022, we were at 20, I'm sorry, we were at 42% in 2022, which we felt that was a pretty good, uh, a pretty good deal. So staffing is going to be a challenge, um, you know, and then, the hours that were open, I think, is a is another thing. You just got to find people that are, you know, you're going to have some weekend hours, you know, some evening hours, things like that. But um, and then the the things that keep me up at night are just the things that we can't control. You know, we're a dealer for a carrier, mm-hmm. so U.S. Cellular is a carrier. You know, if they if they're doing great, that's generally we're going to ride that <laughs> with them. If they're not doing as well, then we're gonna we're gonna feel that as well. We try to do the best we can on controlling the things we can control. And um, but I'd say, you know. 
And it's the same everywhere. I mean, staff, oh, yeah. staffing's a tough, staffing's tough, a tough for deal, everyone, especially so. in the retail industry, yeah. in, in service industry. Staffing yep. is, is always a struggling. Uh, one thing, you know, with your core values, I, I love that you talk about that because U.S. Cellular has a lot of core values too. And um, mm-hmm. it, it just, it goes to show that implementing core values and really helping your employees and, and actually providing value to them is going to help them not only in your company, but in their personal lives. And that, yeah. that really shows. I and, think the two, I think our little company and their bigger company line up pretty well on a lot of things, which has been good. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you've grown 33 stores and and are you thinking about continuing growing? Um, what what's your plans there with with the growth? Yeah, I mean, we added three this year, so we had about we grew by ten percent this year. Um, there's, I think there's going to be, you know, I hope there's going to be other opportunities going forward. Um, so if the if it if we can look at an opportunity and figure out it should be profitable growth, then we'll certainly t- swing the bat at it. And, yeah. Absolutely. So looking looking at this entire story, it's it's amazing to me to how much you've actually gone through to get to where you are. A lot of people don't see that, and especially as a business owner. They they see what you are currently at, but they don't see what it took to actually get there. Right. Um, so that's a that's an amazing story. So you talked about all this time that you spent with um, work and how you kind of lost out, out on a lot of opportunities with your kids. Um, is if you could go back in time, would you still do do the same thing, or what would you do differently? Uh, no, I'd, I would do a lot of things differently. Um, you know, the the kids were both pretty young during that 2002 to 2004 kind of. That was when we were really trying to ramp things up. So, um, you know, we had a newborn and a you know four year old at home. So um, we figured it out pretty. You know, figured it out by you know 2004 2005. We had it all. We kind of had it figured out. So, but what, you know, doing things differently. Um, you know, just. I don't know that I would have been able to really change my travel schedule, but I do. Th- I would have changed the fact that I felt like I'm the big CEO, yeah. So I'm gone a lot, but when I get back, I, I need time to you know for myself kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Which that that'd be the one thing I would definitely flip remember time that, so. for Doug. <laughs> don't don't forget time you for Doug because it's have, just as important. When you have you... kids, it's not about you anymore. And no, something that that's something that with the ego that I was really uh, that it was carrying. I was carrying around was hard for me to see. That I, I, so. I understand completely. I have two kids and it's like, I'm running this business and sometimes I go home and I realize I'm tr- following up on emails mm-hmm. and I, I tell myself, Oh, it's only going to take a minute. And I look at the clock and it's eight o'clock and it's right. their bedtime. Right and, on. and my wife's really good. She calls me <laughs> out on it. She goes, Hey, put your phone down. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's family time. And I'm like, okay, yep. phone goes down. So she calls it how it is. So you actually wrote a book yep. um, and it's called the 9am meeting. Yep, What's that about? What's that all geared around? So we thought we we thought we had a story to tell. Uh, so it's it's our employee turnover. It's a, the first part of it's the company story. It's just kind of like, all right, here's how we started. We the mistakes we made, the growth, the you know the the problems that we had, all that kind of stuff, and then getting it straightened out. So we tell the story. Um, but one thing that we identified is that our turnover in one market was different than the other markets, and we started digging into that, and that was the market where. Nick Velotti, who's our VP of sales. And I mean, he's in charge of the whole, all the stores and, and all the people. And Great guy, by the way. I've actually yeah, been Nick's, able to talk to him a few times, uh, and he, he always has great conversations. He's the best. I mean, we've been together for 23 years now. Oh, and it's so, always good to have that good, strong partner. Yeah. So he, uh, what was going on differently is he was meeting with people in his office. He just had an open sign-up. If you want to come in and just talk about life, uh, you could come in. And he did those at 9 a.m. And so... We started talking about it and um, I'm like, what are you doing, you know, with everybody? And he's like, well, we're just talking about life. You know, he's like, when you ask, when you ask these salespeople, what do they want? He's like, you just get the deer in the headlights mm-hmm. look, you know, 
And so we started to help them dream a little bit, try to figure out what are the things that were important to them, you know, whether it would be personal, could be financial, it could be, you know, physical, it could be, you know, just places they want to travel, just all these different things. So you had all these categories and you just help people kind of start dreaming a little bit. And then, okay, what are the things that need to happen to start doing those things? And in a lot of cases, it was people were carrying debt or things like that. So we started working on a, a financial peace model where people could, they could enroll in that. They could start to get themselves out of debt, start to get an emergency fund built up and then start saving money. Um, you know, but the, the whole thing with, with, um, with what he was doing, it was just such a much more personal touch. And we were not afraid to put personal and work together. I love that. You know, cause everybody's got a mirror they look in. It's their work mirror and everybody's got a mirror they look mm-hmm. in. It's their home mirror. And if you've got an unhappy face looking back at you in one of those two mirrors, it affects the other one. 100%. And so we're like, well, if we can, if we can help equip people with more tools so that that home mirror is smiling back at them, that's going to, that's going to help them at work. Break, break so, that barrier. <laughs> so we, you know, we're like, all right, we're going to do something different and we're going to start talking about how work and personal go together. I mean, we had, we had one guy came in and he's like, my wife told me this was career suicide. If I came in and started talking about my personal life, you know, cause his wife is working. That's all they know. His wife yeah. works at one of the big companies, like a principal or a Wells Fargo. And it's, Hey, how you doing? Great. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I'm going to say it's great, even though my radiator just blew up on my car and I need a new dishwasher and I can't afford to pay for yep. either one of them. Yep. So um, the water cooler talk changed and that's what we started noticing that. And so we wrote a book about it. We figured out our turnover. It cost us around 60, 700 bucks a person that we would turn over. And um, that would be in lost sales, productivity, you know, the cost of hiring, cost of training, all those things. And it was, it was $6,700 a person. Wow. And Nick's market back then he was a market director, not the, he wasn't over the whole thing, but his market, when he was doing this stuff, I mean, his, his turnover percentage was around 26%. Chicago was over a hundred percent. Nebraska was over a hundred percent. So Missouri he's at was over 22%. So like something, something is he's doing here. something. He's, he's and showing we it. So we, we wrote a book about it. Uh, it's called taming the turnover tiger. And, but it's helping people connect the dots between why do they go to work and what do they want out of life? And when you put those two things together, it's really pretty cool what's happened. And, uh, so we've had a lot of fun with that. And, I really and, love uh, that. Yeah, I, when, yeah. I always ask people too. It, one of my questions is if you didn't get paid for what you were doing, would you still go to work? Yeah. And a lot of people look at me like, obviously no. And but having that culture, that's <laughs> right. important. I, yeah. I would still go because I, I, I'm getting the knowledge. I'm learning. They care about me. They actually want to see me succeed. They want to actually build value in my life. And yeah. not many employers do that. And so um, the 9 a.m. meeting, where if someone wants to buy your book, can they get it on Amazon? Where, you can get can on Amazon, but I mean, if you got people listening to this, if they want to shoot me an email, just send it to CEO at selladvantage.com. CEO at selladvantage.com. That's just kind of that's just kind of the generic. <laughs> that's kind of the generic email for cellular advantage, but it'll get to me, and I'll just send you one. So I got to stack them in the office and. If, that. We, if we run out of them, that would be good for you. And uh, <laughs> then people can go, go buy them on Amazon. Yeah, so, so. go buy the book. Let's, let, yeah. let, let, let's sell out. Yeah. Um, so that's amazing. And, and now you just recently, um, your daughter just got married. She did. And yeah. it, like looking back on it, you could probably see how, how fast time goes by. Um, one of the, probably the, ha, t- talk to me a little bit about that day. Um, how were you feeling when she was getting married? Um, did, did you have any flashbacks of her being little? Or, well, of course. Yeah. Um, how was that day? 
the day was perfect uh, in about every way. And I, I somehow held it together for the most part. So. <laughs> Keep the tears from falling. Exactly. Flowing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of my daughters. I'm like, man, yeah. they're only four and eight months now, but I can't imagine a few years when they're getting married and I'm just having to hold back these tears. Yeah, the days are long and the years are short. So, uh, but, you know, they opened the doors for us to walk down the aisle and she's got her, you know, her hand in my arm and I could feel her start to shake. And I'm like, all right, I got to hold it together because. <sighs> I'm like, if I lose it, she's going to lose it. And then it's going to be a mess this going down crazy. the aisle. So yeah. we made it down the aisle. Okay. And I just, you know, I said, Hey, we got this. We're going to be good. And she, yeah, we love, we love, uh, we love the guy she married. He's, he's wonderful. And, but the day was great. And it, it's, uh, but man, it just, it, it's like a blink of an eye. That's for sure. It, just so. goes, it goes by so fast. Yeah. Every, everyone tells you that. And, and before you have kids, they're like, wait till you have kids. It'll go by fast. And I was that naive person that said, no, what do you mean? It won't change anything. Right. And then I had my first kid and I realized that I blinked and two years went by. Sure. And yeah. it's just, it's amazing what time does. I think that's why it's so important to buy time. And a lot of times I think people look at it and they go, you can't buy time. And you've been able to buy time. And the way you've been able to buy time is through the right staffing yeah. and being able to have the right uh, management team in place. So talk to me a little bit about that, uh, buying your time. What was it like the first time that you stepped outside of your business for like, let's say a week or two weeks and you knew it could run without you? What was your feeling? No, the feelings, I mean, that's probably one of the most gratifying things is just knowing that if I'm not there, nobody's going to know the difference at this point, which is great because, um, you know, what we've, what we've done, and again, I, I don't know if we lucked into it or what, but we've got myself and three other, three other people who are, are, I'd call it that kind of the leadership team. And we've got each of the four of us knows the things that we're not any good at. Each of the four of us knows what things we are good at. And we are very comfortable in letting Matt handle anything that needs to be analyzed. It needs to be processed. It needs to be done from a number standpoint. Nick's so good with the people. Todd operationally is always able to figure out a better way to get things done. But we're all, I mean, we complement each other a lot. And that's what I think, you know, call it dumb luck or call it whatever. But we've, we've got a group that kind of fills in each other's gaps. And that's something that's been, that's been great for us. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, it's know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know your strengths and, and don't and rely on those that, yeah, that are better than you. And, and don't try to fake it. I mean, if you're not, oh, yeah. if you're not good at something, it's okay to say that you're not good at it. <laughs> ask for I help. Mean, right. Some people don't want to ask for help. It's like, ask for help if you need it. I mean, there's stuff that, and then I think when you get to the next level is where there's things that you're good at, but they suck the life out of you. I was pretty good at reading a lease and figuring out what should and shouldn't be in the lease, but man, I'd, I'd get done with it. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I just feel like I just went through a battle and, you know, Todd's really good at that. And maybe he feels the same way and he's just doing it because he's nice, but he goes through those things and he, I mean, he's good at negotiating these things. He's good at finding the, the different things that we need in them. And, um, but getting to the point where not only, I'm at the point where I can really just work on the things that I'm good at and they give me energy as compared to, things I'm good at that might take energy and things away. you enjoy right yeah. things I enjoy and that's and that's what's uh, that's what's really fun for me like we just had our leadership summit a couple months ago so we had all of our store leaders into Des Moines and you know you just get to speak into those people you know and, and you get to see them at work and you're just like man it's the most proud feeling that you can have for when you see um, you know the the talent and the 
you know, the love they have for each other coming together is really cool. It's, so. it's just a feeling. It's almost hard to explain. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, Doug, it's, it's been my pleasure to be able to have you on this podcast. If somebody wanted to find more information about you, um, where can they go? Um, I mean, read got, your book, uh, read, read, <laughs> read the, the book. book. <laughs> I mean, you've got, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter, Doug Eklund on Instagram, Doug Eklund on, you know, Facebook, you got LinkedIn, all that stuff. It's just pretty easy to not hard to find. So it's, it's, I love, I love your story. It's so powerful. And I really want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the buy time podcast and talking about it. how I, you can, you purchase your time and all the strengths and struggles you went through. Really cool to have me on. I love it. So. Guys, that is another episode of the buy time podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to share this with somebody that needs to hear the story. And if you are needing help with buying time, let me know. Send me a DM. Make sure to buy the book, The 9 a.m. Meeting, and let's sell out all the copies. Thanks. Until next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. My name is Jacob K. Mead, and until next time.